From phone booth to photo booth. I keep hearing the narrative that the youth are digital natives, a sentiment that is echoed across the entire world. What that statement would imply is that the youth of today are more attuned to using technology than do their parents and definitely their grandparents. But yet, when I look around, I can't see any distinct difference. Instead, what I see is the same behavior, just with different tools. When those of us who grew up when the phone booth, aka public phone, the kind that Superman needed to change into his tights, and stamps were the only way to communicate, patience was one thing we definitely had. And, interestingly enough, we still got things done, from searching for jobs to dating. I came from a home of privilege as a result of what my father did for a living. So until my late 20s, we always had a phone line in the house. The reason I'm clarifying this point is because one of my childhood friends who dished out our phone number as his when pursuing those of the opposite sex might just pop up and call me a fake. Even though we had a phone line in the house, that did not mean that I did not spend long hours outside the only phone booth within a radius of almost a kilometer, either with my friends or at times to call home to see if it was safe to stay out a little longer. It was also a good place to meet girls from around the neighborhood who would have been sent by their mothers to make that call, which to date married men dread. Unakuja nyumbani sangapi, translated to, what time are you getting home? Since the call had to be made, and the mother wasn't aware of how long the line outside the booth was, meant one had ample time to express themselves, unlike the current methods of communication, if I can call them that indeed. For many of us, from those good old days, patience was truly a virtue, as one would share the phone booth number with a friend when they were closing school, and then agree on an actual date and time in the future when they would call. If you miss that window of opportunity, it would mean no contact until you got a chance to physically meet and set a new appointment. But today, you hear statements such as, When I get to town, I will call you, and we can decide where to go for coffee. We might have faster means of communication today, but yet it is clear that we are not communicating even less than we did when we wrote letters. I look at emails and texts being written by our so-called technology-savvy generation, and it reminds me of a time I had to send a telex message which had to be brief and to the point as the charges were per character, not per gig or per minute. Yet, even with all the platforms that have eliminated distance, and the need for brevity, we are so impatient that our messages are starting to look like hieroglyphics, even though we have all those autocomplete, type forward, and even voice-to-text features that one would expect allows us to be more expressive. If you have listened this far, you must be wondering what clickbait was that you just followed, but just be a little more patient, as I would have been waiting for that letter from my girlfriend who was in a boarding school as spoiled I was at home enjoying all those creature comforts provided for by my parents. A few days before penning this article, I had come across a brilliant device called a lapdoc that allows one to connect their smartphone to an external 11-inch monitor and a full-size keyboard complete with a touchpad. Why would anyone in their right senses want to do that, I hear you ask? 
because I have been unable to learn hieroglyphics, so all my writings is in longhand from SMS to entire blog posts. I am also uncomfortable lagging around a laptop and my aging eyes are affecting my ability to read small text. The device will also allow me to utilize all that power that is packed into my smartphone to be more productive while on the road. Unfortunately, the phone I bought about three years ago that was touted to be top of the spectrum lacks something called a Type-C connector as well as runs a version of Android which is a step lower than what is required and unlike my PC, I cannot just upgrade it. As a result of that, I have been walking around shopping for a new smartphone that needs to have a Type-C connector, Android 11, and preferably with a 64-bit processor and full high-definition display. The last two requirements aren't really needed for the laptop, but since I use my phone to edit videos, they will be beneficial and since I was upgrading, I decided to go the full hog. I thought my requirements were something that any mobile phone shop attendant would have at their fingertips. Boy, was I wrong. Nine out of every ten attendants I spoke to had the slightest idea what the features I was asking about were, and all they could do was recite the resolution of the selfie camera and the storage capacity, which they indicated was expandable, hopefully not like a balloon. On the issue of storage, I fail to see it as critical because I have almost a terabyte of cloud storage, to which my phone automatically uploads all my high-resolution photos and videos soon after they have been captured. I once asked an attendant why anyone would need so much storage and their response was to store movies and music. Who still does that in this era of YouTube, Spotify and Netflix? If all that we have got from a smartphone is an extremely high-resolution selfie camera, note, that is the camera one uses to take pictures of the narcissistic self, a place to locally store those thousands of self-portraits, and for watching movies, then those who reduced the phone booth into pocket size seem to have ended up only providing us with a digital mirror. So, when that is all that our youth, as well as many who are no longer so youthful, do with those octa-core processors with gigabytes of storage and soon-to-be 5G connected, then can we really walk around and claim that we are present in the information age, as it seems all we got was a shrunk phone booth and a telex machine? This audio article was recorded at Acute Media. The audio engineer is Kevin O'Chieng, the executive producer is Morande Dixon, and the voicing has been done by me, Helen Kasui. I am open to handling any of your voiceover jobs. Reach out to us via hello at acute.co.ke to book a session. Follow the author of the article, Robert Yahweh, on Twitter at Coach Yahweh, Yahweh spelled as Y-A-W-E. This is an Acute Media production.